This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone, my name is Arina Aiza and thank you for tuning in on RFM for my podcast, The Arenality. So The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging and well-being in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Ariel, who is a Samoan, studies in medicine at the University of Otago. So we'll learn a lot about her today. Kia ora. Hi there. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, so tell me about yourself. Right, so um, my name's Ari, like um, Arena has mentioned. I'm a fourth-year medical student at the University of Otago, um, but I grew up and lived in Samoa before I moved for university in 2017. Yeah. And what do you study now? So I'm studying medicine, uh, which is a six-year-long course, and I'm currently in my fourth year, so I'm nearly finished. Almost there. Yeah, so almost there. two more years, is yeah, it? Okay, yeah, how are you years. feeling about that? Um, I guess it's mixed feelings because a lot of my friends who do normal degrees have already finished and I'm still in school. But at the same time, I'm actually quite keen to get it done. Um, I'm also a little bit stressed of what it might be like to work, to start working, especially in a job um, that that has such a high stress and high expectation from you. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to get out of here, but I'm kind of okay as well. Mm-mm. I think if you're passionate about it, like oh, yeah. things are easier. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like if I see someone being mad, I'll ask like, why? <laughs> if they say that, oh, you know, it's not for the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see. All right. Mm. Um. So can you tell us like life in Samoa before you came to New Zealand? Right. So I was um born and raised in Samoa. I was born into a family that was really, really adamant that your cultural identity and who you were and where you were from is really, really important. And that takes precedence over what society may say to you or uh, think of you. I didn't really experience segregation or, or feeling different until I moved to New Zealand. So Samoa is a small island, a small tropical island. It's a small population and it values community a lot. So it's focused on like uh, serving your elders, looking after your little cousins, hanging out with your cousins and uncles and aunties that are around your age. And sort of that sense of community was really, really important. Um, At the same time, I grew up in a family that was really heavy on academics like it was the one thing that you could do to improve your quality of life so um education was a really important pillar in my um in my life um everyone in my family uh, we're a family of teachers Mm -hmm. so um my mom runs a school that I attended and she was basically my principal until year 13 so it was I didn't appreciate it at the time because it's so uncool to have your mom as the principal <laughs> when you're going through it. But looking yeah. back, I really appreciate how I had somebody who like knew me, knew the ins and outs of me and was there to help me progress, not just from an educational point of view, but from a cultural and a spiritual point of view as well. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can't imagine having a mother as a principal <laughs> as well. Like, um, how were you with your friends? Were they okay with that? My mom was very um, 
I feel like she was very fair in the fact that she did not show any favoritism. If mm. anything, I feel like I got picked on more than everyone else mm. because, you know, if you're the principal's kid, you should be expected to behave more and perform more. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. What is a cool way of like growing up? Mm. And did you know that you'll be coming to New Zealand for university? Um I think because I came from a family where everyone had a degree, I automatically expected that I should get a degree as well. It wasn't something um radical or impossible in my world. Um I did aim to to come to New Zealand and and come and study here. So in Samoa, you have the opportunity to apply for scholarships, um, so you can come here and study, and that involves having an extra year, an extra foundation year after you finish high school, and then you apply, and then um, you wait, obviously. And I was mm. fortunate enough to have that. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. How was foundation year here? Um, foundation year. <laughs> I always found it a bit annoying because I wanted to go straight into doing the degree. But when I got here, they were concerned that my English might not be as up to par. Mm. And I think they wanted me to get used to the city first and living in New Zealand. I didn't think it was that much different except for the weather. Mm. And then in foundation year, I kind of realized that there's actually a lot of things that are different. So um, I mentioned community and being centered around families in Samoa. It, that's not really the case I found in New Zealand. It was more of an individual point of view and that it was how you run your life and how you do your life. There wasn't that whole um, expectation to be part of a church or part of a family gathering. And I really, initially, I was like, yes, great. I can get away from all of that. I don't need to be around any family. But um after a while, you kind of miss that community engagement and you feel really, really isolated. And there were other kids who were from Samoa here, but it's, it wasn't the same. Mm. Yeah. It's just different. I think it's the individualistic and collectivistic values that mm. were clashing for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, because I went through foundation year as well, and, like, it was very slow-paced, eh? But yeah. But I think yeah. it was a good thing to have because it is slow-paced. So... Um, like I got to explore the mm. city. I got to just learn about myself a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, because then you did first year HealthSci. How was that? <laughs> oh, I think anyone who does HealthSci <laughs> can tell you that. It depends. Like if you really want to get into a health profession, you probably don't have a life because you just study most of the time and that becomes the focus. But uh, I... I found HealthSci a little bit challenging. I think that's when the homesickness sort of hit. Mm. And I realized that I didn't have my support, like, close to me. So I think that year I learned how to communicate more and talk more virtually or connect with other people that have similar interests. I think I also learned that it's okay, actually, to have um, an individualistic life. Like, we're studying. This is the focus. And... Um, I used to initially feel really guilty to do good, like nice things by myself or when I'd want to be alone and just recharge. But I've learned that that's actually really, really important in your own development. And you need to learn how to, when you want to interact with people and when you need to step away and just have that time to yourself. Mm, I yeah. think it's about balance of the yeah. both values. Both mm. values are important, mm. you know, because you don't want to be too individualistic where you don't think about like how you affect the community and how the community affects you but 
but yeah like um yeah you I think, don't want to be overwhelmed either yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing so from first year health side you went into medicine can mm-hmm. you tell me why <laughs> why did i want to do medicine um initially uh when i was going through high school i didn't i was not interested in medicine at all what um, was your dream back then I wanted to do forensic science, oh. and I think I watched too many of those shows where <laughs> yeah. they make it look really cool. Yeah. But uh, from what I hear now, it's actually not as glamorous as Hollywood makes it. No, I didn't want to be a doctor, and I think I told people that because I was too scared that I would either a not make it in, um, or b I would be a pretty bad one, or c I'd live in the shadow of my family members who are actually doctors who graduated from Otago about thirty years ago. Um, I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I really, really wanted to help um, health in Samoa. Um, I have had some unfortunate um, experiences in the hospital where if someone was just there or present or more alert, um, maybe some events would have been prevented. So I think that's my my real passion really is I want to go back to Samoa and help our people because – um, if you have been to a health science lecture about public health or anything like that, the people that suffer the most in New Zealand, and this is reflective in Samoa as well, are Maori and Pacific. And it sounds like a really sad sob story that keeps repeating and repeating. And we're the, it's just expected now that we're the statistic that does the worst. And I would really want to change that because I feel like health should be catered to an individual and to a community. It shouldn't be a generic thing that everyone gets the same dose of because everybody's different mm-hmm. your ideas your culture your identity your beliefs they differ and therefore your health differs as well depending on what you value mm-hmm. and i feel like the pacific and maori communities may not be as well represented as they should be for the betterment of their health yeah yeah and it's about equity instead yeah. of equality yeah right? exactly yeah because you can give resources equally to everyone but one group may not be receiving mm. the right resource. Yeah, yeah because um, research was done uh, in a Pakeha way, yeah. you know, because uh, that's why representation yeah. in uh, people who make choices, who make actions mm. towards change yeah. is important. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that's what drove me into medicine. I love the field. I get to talk to people, which... Um, is, is something that I do enjoy doing. I get to experience all of the science and I never really stop learning because medicine is evolving over and over again over time. And you'll never really, you can't be right by, so one of our lecturers said that when he graduated medicine, half of the things that he learned then is wrong now. Like you have to cultivate that love for learning. And I really do enjoy that because it mm. keeps my brain going. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about having a growth mindset yeah. instead of fixed mindset. The world changes, like mm. there's new things every day, you know? Yeah. Because you study medicine and, you know, that's a really tough profession anyway. How do you maintain your mental health and your, like, well-being oh, that's for that? that's a good question. Um, I think when I first started, something that I felt a lot was that um, I'm not sure if you've heard of imposter syndrome. Yeah. So it's when you feel like <laughs> everyone <that>. else <laughs> belongs there and you're just the idiot there that doesn't know one detail about a lecture. So I struggled with that a lot. Um, 
But I feel like I only got over it when I talked to other people in my class and they felt exactly the same. Like we didn't belong here. And we and that that's something that should be like debunked because everyone in, in medicine deserves to be in medicine because of the way that they worked and um, regardless of what you think of the system. Um, so I think talking about things is a really good way of coping with stress. Um, I think as you go along in the years, you're more and more exposed to patients and into their lives, which is really private, like um, maybe some terminal illnesses or even death, comforting someone who's just lost someone. And you, at the at that moment, you have to be the health professional. You have to be the stronghold pillar for that person um, and that support. But I think one thing I've noticed me as a person is I like to hold on to people's pain for them and then I don't let go and then I end up feeling really really sad so at the end just before I leave the hospital now I kind of just think of all the things that I've gone through I've like mentally thanked those people for the learning opportunities and then I just tell myself okay now this is where I leave it I leave it at the hospital Mm. so that's just a mindset on how to deal with that I think in terms of study I learned very quickly that you just need to study consistently. You can't just wait until two weeks before the exams <laughs> and then try and cram because that's horrible for your physical, your mental, and your emotional health. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I do like when you mentioned about leaving the medical student side of you at the hospital and not bring it home. Yeah. Because a lot of us don't have that professional boundary and mm. we bring stuff home and then that affects us yeah. but you know it shouldn't yeah no, i'm horrible work. with boundaries so yeah. i had to do this cause, yeah. yeah it's the same with like friendships and professional relationships you just gotta set down what makes you the most comfortable and the most safe because it's really hard to deal with that by yourself yeah, yeah. um so we're both like at the age of like learning about self you know mm our identities was there a point in your life where everything just like clicked and you just realized that oh I make sense now um hmm. maybe actually a couple of of weeks ago Mm. I was so last year in the middle of my degree I just finished three years of medicine and that was kind of lectures based and tutorial based and I hadn't gone home because if I did the scholarship office said that, you know, you're either going to stop your degree or you defer a full year of study because we can't guarantee you coming back because you're not a citizen. And at that point, um, I think the homesickness really kicked in because my parents and my siblings are all back in Samoa. I was fortunate enough to live with my mom's sister up in uh, Auckland, but I think I just questioned why I was doing this degree and whether it was really worth it and whether I really actually wanted to do medicine because I'd been doing all these lectures. I felt like there were other things I was passionate about, like climate change, like um, law, the justice system. And I talked to my mom's sister and she said, you know what, you're already halfway there. You might as well just finish the degree. And if you don't like it, then you can do something else. Um And then this year I started my surgical run and I just felt so alive. Like I felt like I belonged here. This is what I wanted to do. Um, Even though I didn't know everything, like I could definitely not answer any of the consultants' questions, (laughs) but I felt like managing someone's fluids, making sure that their family's okay, um, looking at surgeries, performing surgeries, being able to do stitches – 
May something just clicked, and I realized, you know what? This is where I actually belong. This、mm. is where I'm supposed to be, and I'm gonna take every opportunity there is to better my experience here because I know so many people who would love to have been in my shoes, but they weren't placed there for some reason. Who knows? But I was, and I'm gonna make the most of it. Eventually, I had to slow down because I did almost burn out. Mm. But um, just finding that passion and realizing that you know what, this is what I really want to do, and I'm going through a run at the moment, which consists of just tutorials and lectures, and it is a little bit boring because it's public health. But I realize that the principle itself is just having that um opportunity, having the privilege to sit there and actually think, you know what, I could make a difference in these communities. I could make a difference for. The people that I care about, which are in Samoa, or the people that are here that I care about,、um, which is the Pacific community. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's when it really、yeah. clicked. When you mentioned about privilege and、uh, doing stuff for, like, representing the community that's、mm. on your collectivistic values,、mm. you know, that really shows. Were there other, like, parts of your life where you realized that? Um, like your identity has shaped you. Yeah.、Um, so I guess <laughs> I, I grew up in a household where we weren't allowed to speak English because、mm. a lot of the the unfortunately Samoan the language has become associated with being stupid, and if you don't know how to speak English, then you're considered less educated than someone who can speak Samoan, and I hated that growing up because I felt like when you watch TV shows as a brown girl, you see the protagonists and the pretty protagonists, and they're all like these white chicks, and、um, they're everything goes their way, and then the brown kid is like either the nerd or the supportive best friend, and I didn't want to be the supportive best friend. I wanted to be the main white character, and I'm not、um, afraid to admit, to, to admit that I really wanted to be white growing up because I felt like I wasn't. Represented, it felt kind of disadvantaged to be brown. Like you weren't the main character. Yeah, exactly. Life, yeah. And、um, I think only coming here did I realize how important it is to have an identity and to know who you are and where you're from, and that my ancestors were warriors, and that that blood runs through my veins, and I'm not defined by your statistics, your diabetes, your social.、Um, Um, con- concept of who I am. I'm not. Con- I'm not、um, defined by how you sexualize women of color. I'm somebody that has been descended from people who used to like sail the seas without a map, without having to follow the side of a continent because they were too afraid to venture out. I am from those people, so I have that courage and that confidence running through my veins, and that's just something that's really fueled me through my degree. Because sometimes I feel like crap. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be here. This is too hard. But I think back, and I'm like, you know what? I come from an amazing line of people, and I should be proud of that. Yeah. Like I shouldn't lay down my true identity for something else because of what society、um, portrayed was was sad. And I, I <laughs> this is gonna sound really corny, but I really, really love that、um, movie Moana. <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> Because like she is okay, maybe she's she's not a Disney princess, but she like goes out of her way. She doesn't leave home for a man. She has a purpose. She has that、um, confidence in herself and her relationship with her grandmother and her relationship with her family. 
um, and having all of those values while at the same time being her own person is something that I found really cool. And I'm glad that little brown girls have that as a role model. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love that movie, firstly, because there were no love interests. Yeah, I know, right? That really shows how different Disney movies have come because, you know, it's usually like, oh, the prince kisses mm. uh, the princess. There's always a damsel in yeah. distress. Yeah. That's why I love Mulan as well. Yes. Oh, she's badass. <laughs> yeah, Mulan's amazing. Do you think that Moana's values were similar to the someone? I think it is. Yeah. it was fairly similar. Like, you know, having that passion and having that um, supportive family member and kind of figuring out who she was, like finding out that she came from voyages, that she came from these people who weren't afraid of the water. And um, I think my favorite scene is when she's about to give up and her grandma comes and talks to her about why she's doing what she's doing, why she's there, who she's, who she is and where she's from. Um, that, that was a really powerful scene for me. Mm. And I believe that as islanders you are raised to remember where you're from and to remember your family and that you have a calling to go back and give back to the people that brought you up and um yeah yeah i really like that scene that is beautiful yeah (laughs) and talking about like your ancestors like do you know your family heritage for example is it does it go back to um yeah, I, I I feel like I'm pretty aware of my, my family heritage. My Both my grandparents are prominent high chiefs. And um, mm-hmm. I know that my grandma's title stems from a warrior from one um, area of Samoa. And they were known for being, like, ruthless, like, chopping people's heads off ruthless, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, don't mess with me, okay? You have no idea who I come from. Um yeah, but I, I like having that idea and that confidence because I feel like I used – I don't want to use the word wasted, but I feel like I spent the first two years of my university life being way too shy, not speaking up, um, worrying too much about what other people think and that what I say is wrong um, – and I, I, I wish I could go back and kind of slap outside Ari and second year Ari and just be like, you know what? You're never going to get this opportunity again. When else are you going to be in university in a time where Pacific Health and Maori Health is recognized, where um, you get to have an opinion in things, where you're allowed to be in medicine as a female? So, yeah, I I, I feel like you need that that bit of confidence. Not not confidence without character, because mm-hmm. I feel like you still need to do your research. But mm-hmm. just not being afraid of the outside world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked a lot about like understanding yourself, knowing your roots, your culture. If there is someone out there who is still like looking mm-hmm. for like themselves, do you have any advice? for them I don't want you to like go through a traumatic experience like outside because that's how I work as a person is I have to go through something hard and then I'll pick myself up and learn yeah um, imagine you're speaking to the two years ago Ari what would mm. you say to her I would say to not be ashamed of who you are and where you come from because that's um, something that's unique to you Um, don't be ashamed of Don't be quiet. Just if you have something to say, then it's valid enough for someone to hear. Like just because it's not the normal opinion doesn't mean it's wrong. So if you have something that you want to say, then just 
go on and say like not yell it out in a in a inappropriate manner but figuring out how to talk about issues that you care about and you're passionate about without being rude which is a learned skill like you have to kind of listen to other people and be like oh i don't want to say that (laughs) in that way because you don't want to be taken the wrong way because unfortunately i feel like people of color when one of us does something it becomes a representation of everyone in that community um whereas i guess for someone who was pakeha that it would be an isolated event so it's a really hard thing to um navigate but just practice Mm -mm. oh what else would i say the second year ari Hmm. Yeah, just be a little bit more confident in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ari. <laughs> so we're wrapping up this interview. Do you have any ways, forms of contact that people would want to reach out to you about stuff? Oh, yeah, sure. Like I can, um, I, I try and, and, and mentor out for people who are of Pacific descent, but um, just because I can relate to them better. Um, but I, I guess you could find... Do you want, like, an email or something like that? Yeah, Instagram, wherever. Cool, yeah, you can find my Instagram <laughs> on, like, it's not underscore the underscore mermaid because uh, my full name's Ariel, but I get um, called Ariel a lot. And it, I don't know, it kills my vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ari? Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. That is the end of our episode of the Arinality today. I hope you learn a lot about Ari, about her studying medicine, her Samoan roots, and the importance of knowing yourself and your culture. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email me at aizalarina at gmail.com or you can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.